This is Mr. Impact Wrestling himself, Moose, and you're listening to the Irish Whip. Hookers? Hookers and Coke? Hookers and Coke, man. You're the only pro wrestler I know that wants to do this shit in the morning. Yeti, you're a f***ing moron. Put it this way, I think Sammy Callahan might as well just change his name to Invader I want to know why. Like, he can dodge any question. Like, I'll tell anyone that. You can tell me the f- but I, I'm going to ask specific questions. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. WrestlingNewsSource.com all the rest of you yahoos are out there dilly-dilly you little wankers, we're actually receiving real wrestling news. This is Brett screwed Brett. I'm Who stepping. are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Brett screwed Brett. Hold two! Arm bar! Hey, get a nice shot of the brand new Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I hate you. I hate you. I hate your hat. I hate your t-shirts, I hate your wristbands, I hate your shoes, I hate your music, I hate the C-Nation, I hate everything that you stand for. So does rule. Yeah, they do. <laughs> What's up, TIW Mafia? JP here with Big Joe. Hello, everyone. We have a man with no first, well, he has a first name now, but it's more of a moniker. Uh, I like to call him the bra daddy, the immovable force. I'm not going to give him the same uh, little introduction he gets every week on his own podcast, wrestling podcast about nothing, but it's Ring of Honor's Brawler Malonis. Brawler, <laughs> how are you today? I'm good. How are you? All right. Now, what happened? I knew you before as a couple other names and monikers and stuff. Like, Are we not? Are, is there no more first <laughs> names? I mean, you know, I think for for the purposes of uh, the bouncers of Ring of Honor, I think me being Brawler Malonis makes a lot of sense. But I mean, I'm still Brian Malonis. I still get called the Kingpin pretty pretty often. But uh, you know, if you're watching Ring of Honor television, uh, my first name is Brawler now. That's uh, now <laughs> you 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 just had a huge opportunity. I'd say from what I've seen in your career. And uh, lots of people have supported me uh, my entire career, so it was pretty, you know, it was pretty cool. Obviously, I would have liked the match to uh, to have a different result, but uh, you know, our time uh, our time is coming. Now, can I ask what happened? Like, were you guys just planning on it being God, and then had a little curveball thrown your way, or what? <laughs> I mean, hey, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you never you never know. I guess it can go, could have gone either way. Um, you know. But wrestling God would have been uh, would have been cool. But I mean, the, to me, the the Briscoes are the best tag team on the planet, and uh, to share a ring with them, especially in a in a tag team championship match, like that's uh, what more can you ask for? Especially like if you're going to face any team in Ring of Honor history, I mean, is there any team that's more storied than the Briscoes in ROH? Uh, I mean, definitely not in ROH. Uh, I guess some people might argue like the Young Bucks or something, but I think you know for what they've meant to ROH, then no, absolutely, absolutely not. They're the uh, you know if Ring of Honor had a Hall of Fame, they would be you know first ballot Hall of Famers. Yeah, I mean they've just they've been there for so long and been the mainstays and been all about ROH. It's um, now what's so what's next for you guys? Is it just recoup or are you guys going to go right at them? You know, I mean, I think right next is is the kingdom. You know, they uh, they put a whooping on us in New York with a couple of chairs the night before, and 
you know, we're heading to Toronto and we get some unfinished business with the with the kingdom, no doubt. And, and you know, you Vinny know, and TK will see us again very soon. You know a little bit about those guys. Yeah, I mean, I think I've literally known both of them since just about the day they started. So, but no, what's that like to watch those guys and like you kind of coming up at the same time as them? You know, it, it's 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 pretty cool. I mean, TK's rise to Ring of Honor was was pretty meteoric. You know, I mean, he didn't he didn't toil around on indies for very long. Um, but Vinny, you know, I've known Vinny now for he's got to be a, at least a decade or so. And um, yeah, you know, on, on a on a on a very you know serious note or whatever i'm very i'm very happy for them and uh, i think it's pretty cool along with them along with taven uh you know todd sinclair flip gordon um there's a pretty good little new england contingent uh in ring of honor so i think it's uh you know i think it's pretty darn cool and i mean you got to be there one you fought for the titles in lowell where i mean did you win every Every championship you've ever had, did you win in Lowell? <laughs> I mean, a lot of the chaotic ones. I think, I think I did there for sure. Um, yeah, I might have, I might have done it all three times uh, in uh, chaotic there. Um, yeah, I mean, I've wrestled a lot in Lowell. It's cool though. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's and it's independent wrestling, and no, you know, nobody outside of you know the the New England area you know knows anything about. about you know, Catholic wrestling story, title history or anything like that. But for me, you know, cutting my teeth in this area and, um, you know, having so many, so many matches with so many of my friends, uh, in, in Lowell, you know, it was real special. But if anyone, if anybody in new England had what I call a successful independent run, you did. I mean, there's not a company in new England that you didn't work for that, you know, is, a good time. That's a, you know a company that people want to work for. You worked for them before you went to ROH and whatever's next for you. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been very lucky in that sense. Where, um, you know, I, I definitely spent the majority of my time in chaotic, but you know, I did get out there. You know, I were I was able to. I mean, probably about the only, um, you know, real notable promotion I can think of that I never really worked for was was uh, Steve Bradley's WFA. Yeah. Um, and that was just different circumstances based on the uh, broken relationship, um, you know, between. That was the start of your time with Ken Chaotic and WFA just didn't communicate well with each other. Yeah, I mean, rightfully so. Like, I mean, the story yeah. is pretty famous now i think at this point but at least in the at least in the new england area but uh yeah i mean i've worked everywhere else you know i, I you know that's that's been a top place in in new england and it's been it's been cool because i've you know there's so much talent it's crazy to think about you know and you've been around forever in this area jp yeah. like it i mean the, the amount of talent that has come out of this area and i think of all the guys that have come from this area and i've literally had not only you know matches with them but but like programs with them so it's it's pretty wild I mean, I'd even say you've had hands in some of their training. Yeah, I mean, I for a good for a good amount of them, I have. I mean, um, I was already by the time uh, Kofi had joined the Chaotic School, I was already, um, you know, I was already an assistant trainer. I th I'm pretty sure I'm the first person that, that ever stepped in a ring um, with Kofi. You know, so that's a pretty cool designation. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, between Kofi and. Uh, Biff Busick, Oni Lorkin, Sasha Banks, you know, it, but it, it's cool. It's just cool to be, you know, part of their journey. And, and for me, it's more cool. Just like I, I, I'm not sitting here and saying like I've had any sort of profound impact on on them and their careers and their trajectory 
trajectories. Um, I'm just saying it's pretty cool to have been a part of their journeys at the beginning. Right. And that's what it was. It's you, you exact just said it perfect. You're a part of their journey, but I made a big part of it on some of them. So kudos, like thank you, because this there's four or five schools in New England and like Chaotic is kind of the finished school right now. You can start anywhere and learn how to take a bump, but like Chaotic is the one that's gonna teach you the finished product on how to make it all come together. Yeah, I mean, I and I'd be I'd be lying if I said I knew the the, the teaching landscape all that well. You know, I know um, XWA has a has a school down in Rhode Island, and um, boy, geez, I don't I don't even know all the, all the facilities anymore. I, th- I think I think three uh, D Academy is in uh, in Connecticut too. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. But you know, I think I think there's a lot of good a good training. But yeah, I mean, I, I'd, I'd be lying if I say I wasn't partial to the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, the former Chaotic Training Center, where I mean, one of my best friends uh, inside and outside of wrestling is the owner and proprietor. So I guess I'm a little biased there. And he does now, a hell of a job. <laughs> he does. Brian's awesome. Now, are you still there? No, no, I, I don't really have an affiliation to to any school right now. I just with. Uh, you know, with all the obligations I have in my life, it just doesn't, you know, I just don't have the time to do it. Now, you're not, you know, Ring of Honor. You, I'm going to, if I can ask you a personal question, you can choose not to answer this. But Ring of Honor, like you're traveling, not just on the weekends. There's a lot of like weekday shows. How does that affect your normal life? Like, is there no more nine to five? <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, if I'm being truthful, I still work a nine to five, man. I, uh. You know, I, I, I balance both. I'm fortunate enough to, to work for a really great company, and, uh, and and Ring of Honor is great about it too. So, I, you know, I'm able to have that balance where I'm able to do Ring of Honor and, and travel around, but also still have my career. You know, um, so I, I'm lucky there, and, and um, you know, I, I don't really want to divulge where I work or anything yeah, like no, that. No, no, but, no, uh, I wasn't asking that. That was a no, no. But it's what, yeah, it's what, yeah, it's one of those things where like I, I like my career. I, I'm very I'm very happy and stable in my career, and I really enjoy that. And um, so to be able to do both is, you know, it can be a little tumultuous at times, but um, it's just where I'm at in life right now. You know, um, you know, it it just is what it is, and I'm fortunate enough to be able to to do both. But it, you know, it can be tough. It can it can be really tough sometimes, but um, it's also exciting to finally, after all these years, be somebody who you know gets flown on an airplane to to go to different places to wrestle is, I mean, how can I complain about that? It's literally my dream. I mean, you've spent years doing the drives and now it's like, yeah, now you drive to what Logan. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's funny. Um, you know, like, you know, kind of talking about the balance of, um, you know, life and work and, and all that stuff. And I, I had gone away for a for a work trip and I came home and I saw my kids for a couple of hours before they went to bed. And about six hours later, I had to leave to head back down to Boston to get back on an airplane to go wrestle uh, over the weekend. So, I mean, there definitely some times like that. And um, But at the same time, you know, it's, it, I know it's cliche, you know, the hashtag blessed thing I think is – you know, very played out and <laughs> amongst certain circles, but I, I really do just feel so fortunate and lucky to uh, be living this life right now. It's it's, it's pretty cool, man. Now, Brian, I have a question, and this actually this question actually comes in from 
a friend of mine that I met through the convention circuit. He's over in Greece. His name is Mike. He wants to know your last name. Uh, do you know what that translates to in Greek? I, I do not, actually. I would love to know, though. What he told me it's, it translates to is windmill guy. <laughs> wow, okay. I don't know. He, I know <laughs> I've known this guy for a couple of years. He's from Greece. His name is Mike. And like that's what he said. Your last name alone translates to windmill guy, which could actually fit into the wrestling gimmick. You need a new finisher. That's interesting, though, huh? You learned something new. I didn't. I didn't expect to come on this podcast and learn what my last name went. So that was an unexpected curveball. That, see, that's all I'm here, I'm here for. I'm a fucker of useless information. <laughs> you do. You know, you got to come up with some kind of finisher that you can call a windmill now. Well, at your size, would you got to get one of the smaller guys and windmill him around? <laughs> no. no. You gotta get one of the uh, the stunt bros. Oh yeah, have you seen those guys? I I have not. They they've wrestled. I think they're a couple of Joey Janela's kids. Uh, one of them was actually on one of the AEW shows, and they've done Beyond. And they're just these. They're maybe five feet tall and weigh maybe a hundred pounds, but they're the type that they just go in there and get thrown around. They and make Hornswoggle look big. We watched, <laughs> we watched them versus Bear Country, which I don't know if you're familiar with Bear Country. I am for yeah. We, I wrestled me and uh, the Bruiser wrestled Bear Country at Chaotic. I think I think Bear okay. Country is uh, incredible. It's great. Yeah, I think they're I think they're unbelievable. There's always been that one kind of big tag team, and it's I think they're the next ones after you guys now. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's great to see them. And I, it's, I watched their match uh, yesterday um, on, uh, I guess, yeah, it, no, I guess it was two days ago, uh, this past weekend from Beyond American Rana. You know, I was able to watch them versus LAX, and yeah. um, you know, I thought they, I thought they had a bit of a coming out party, man, and they, and they've been doing great with Beyond, and I'm, and, I, and I'm real happy to see them breaking out. And I, again, but <laughs> we live in a day and age where. Man, you look at guys like that, and you're like, they're not going to be on the indies very long. Somebody's going to scoop them up. Right. You're, you're dead on. And But, I mean, then you look at, you know, you. And you were great as long as I've known you. Like, you've been somebody who it's like, why aren't they signing this guy? He's huge. Like, ah. And it, it bugged me. And then when you <laughs> did that, um, the Ring of Honor tournament, and who knew you were going to face your future tag partner in the finals? So, you know. Well, I, I faced him on a TV match. I didn't face him in the Is that, finals. Okay, sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's okay. But yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things where honestly, I think a lot of it was just um, it was just bad timing. I mean, I, I made the brilliant decision to get in the pro wrestling business. Uh, you know, a couple months after both WCW and and ECW went out of business, so less places to work than ever. Uh, you know, no companies overseas are bringing over, uh, you know, American talent. So yeah, let me let me jump in the pro pro wrestling business at this point. But um, and then WWE really just went through a phase where they were just really looking for, you know, and 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 I, I think they've kind of you know corrected course. Um, but they really were looking for one type of person. Um, I mean, I think about you know all that me and um, 
you know, Hanson went through to lose weight and try to get that cookie cutter look. And, um, you know, we're never going to get there, you know, I'm so happy that he's there now and, and just absolutely yeah. killing it. Um, I found someone about him earlier and like the way you guys did it doing that, you guys did what the P90X, right? I, yeah, I did P90X at one point. I kicked my ass, man. <laughs> and like he, he lost all that weight. He had his injury. Yeah, but I mean, you look you look back at him at two. I mean, at two hundred and fifty pounds, and it's just like he looks just like, yeah. you know. I mean, he's always been a great wrestler. I mean, I mean, um, Todd Todd is is you know probably the best wrestler to come out of this area uh, in, in my generation, and that, and that's no disrespect to Tommaso, who's amazing, and to Matt Taven, who is absolutely amazing, and to all these other guys who are just incredible. Right. But I think I think Todd is is the best. I and and you'd, anybody would have a hard time convincing me of that. And um, the world is getting to see just how freaking good he is now, and and, and it's amazing. But a lot of us that have seen him for the last fifteen plus years know just how freaking good he is. That Ivar is a handsome fellow, though, isn't he? <laughs> well, not maybe not so much anymore, though. Huh? He's an <laughs> ugly bastard now, but. <laughs> no. When did you guys know, as the bounces that you got that you had chemistry and that the you were going to be a te- like? When did the tag team idea come into play? Well, you, you know, it, it's funny. So, just being around Ring of Honor before I really started doing it, I mean, we'd kind of hit it off, anyways. Like just shooting the shit backstage, um, you know, just just talking and and realize that we just you know we're common interests, common mindsets, and then we wrestled each other in in Lowell, and you know, it took us, it's, we put the entire match together in like five minutes. Yeah. Like it, it was just like, Hey, why don't we do this? Yeah. Then this and this. And it was just like, we were done. And by the time the agent came over, well, I think it was Todd Sinclair was our agent came over to just see what we had or whatever. He's like, Oh, you guys are already done talking. I was like, yeah, we've just been, we've just been sitting here chit chatting for like 30 <laughs> minutes now. Um, and then we worked in the ring and that's the first time somebody, you know, the, the, I went to, so I, I wrestled him in Lowell. And then when I went to Philadelphia, it was funny. He comes up to me and says, "Hey, they liked us so much together. Like, there's like some people have, have talked about like, hey, wouldn't they be a good tag team?" I was like, "Wow, that'd be incredible." And that was still months before they ultimately put us together. But it was really from that, just from that first time we worked and people saw saw us work together and saw the instant chemistry there, that they thought like, "Hey, whoa, these guys might actually be good as a be good as a team." And um, you know, and, and it's scary. I think when you when you think about how short a time we've actually been together, and then the fact that um, we haven't done a ton of indies together, only a handful. So really, our only tag matches have been on on Ring of Honor, um, and the and the amount of chemistry that we've already been able to develop, I think, just goes to. I, I mean, some things are just meant to be, man. Like <laughs> some things are like fate or whatever, and I think that's. You know, it's weird to talk about my my beer guzzling tag team partner and and say fate in the same word, but um, man, we just we just hit it off both inside and outside the ring, um, just so quickly. And and not only is you know you know do I think we're doing great as a tag team, but Bruiser's legitimately become one of my best friends. We talk every day. Um, we're always you know whether it's wrestling or something else stupid that comes up. You know, we're talking every single day, and um, you know. It's been a lot of fun, and, and and I think we both have similar stories in that, you know, we've both been very good for a very long time, and just needed the right opportunity. And I think now we finally got it, and, and people are and people are seeing what we can do. I was gonna say that the pictures of you at um, 
from Lowell with him and your and your kids, it was like you guys had known each other for a hundred years. You know, just looking at the your kids were so comfortable with them, and it, you know, it was just kind of Uncle Bruzy, you know. <laughs> oh my God, they! I mean, they love him. They they absolutely adore him. It's funny. He, uh, he, he, when he came up and wrestled the show in New Hampshire for me, he actually stayed at my house and stuff. And the kids, I mean, the kids adored him, especially my son. Uh, when I, when I, whenever I FaceTime them, uh, within about 30 seconds, you know, when I'm on the road FaceTiming with them, within about 30 seconds, they're asking to talk to the bruiser. Um, you know, my son, my son doesn't walk around acting like me. He, he'll bite his, uh, Jeff Hardy wrestling buddy and then look at the imaginary camera and, and talk about how he can't bite cause he ain't got no teeth. And he, uh, you know, they adore, they adore him and he was great with them. And, uh, yeah, that was fun to get a picture with the kids in the bruiser, but they, yeah, they, they took to him like instantly. Awesome. So what would the kids use if they were to do the toast of honor with the bruiser? Oh, root beer. It's gotta be root beer. <laughs> so it's, I mean, here's a fun story for you. So my son is three; he's in daycare, and um, you know he uh, is completely obsessed with beer uh, because of my wrestling character. And you know, we've had to establish with the school that no, we're not letting Michael drink beer. Um, Daddy plays this character on TV, and Michael very much idolizes and loves his dad, but. Uh, so he knows he can't drink real beer. He knows he has to drink. You know, we, you know, I love. I let him have a root beer when we go out to the restaurants. Um, but uh, yeah, he's uh, he's quite the character. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break, Brian. We're gonna pay some bills. I think uh, Mike Rocket would say. All right. We're back, guys. We still got. We still got Brian Malonis with us. I have trouble calling you anything else, Brian. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It still it still says that on my driver's license, so we're all good. <laughs> I, I still got a question about the Toast of Honor. Like, what would be your beer of choice when you put it in there? I know JP would pick Clown Shoes beer, uh, but what beer would you pick? Uh, I, you know, I got to tell you, I, I have fallen in love with Yingling, which hasn't quite made its way up to New Hampshire yet, where I am. Really? Uh, but it's made its way. I think I think it's in Mass and in like yeah. Rhode Island and stuff. Um, but I, I first had that like um, boy a number of years ago now when I went out to like the Pittsburgh area for the first time. Uh, and I I mean I mean me and Bruiser both have fallen in love with that beer so much so that Bruiser <laughs> here's a, again another funny story. We were in Philly uh, a couple months ago, and uh, <laughs> Bruiser bought uh, we bought our beer for the show. And then he bought an extra 12-pack to bring home with him. And his wife told him, you better not be checking a 12-pack of beer. <laughs> and he most certainly checked a 12-pack of beer in, in, his, in his suitcase and brought it home. <laughs> a nice 12-pack nice of Yingling Light that he can't get out in Milwaukee. So, um, yeah, awesome. I, I, think that beer is, I think that beer is great. Yeah, I like Yingling, too. Yingling took forever to get up to Mass. I didn't realize you guys didn't have it yet. Yeah, I've been on the I've been on the hunt for it everywhere I go, and even a, a couple smaller like uh, you know stores that carry like specialty type beers and stuff. I I still haven't been able to find it. So fingers crossed that they make their way up to New Hampshire. If anybody from Yingling's listening, uh, I love your beer. If you want to send a couple cases my way, that'd be real cool. <laughs> this this is all about you. The next time I see you, ask me what happens when me and Dave Padula 
drink a handle of Jameson and a case of Yingling. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah, it was fun times. That sounds that sounds fun. <laughs> now, what's it like now? Because now you have sort of like a laid back I don't even want to say character because it's just kind of you. But instead of waiting until after your match to have the biz, you can kind of go start out at the bar and then make your way to the ring. Yeah, I mean, isn't that funny? I, I, I make a joke that, uh, you know, everybody in the Ring of Honor locker rooms, you know, fighting to wrestle us because they want the free beer after the match. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a change of pace. I mean, I've been, I've been, I played heel, you know, most of my career. I was this, you know, kind of this, like, intense, vicious ass-kisser, ass-kisser, Jesus, ass-kicker, not ass-kisser, um, you know, most of my career. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a change of pace, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. And, um, you know, I, I, think, I think now with some of the things we're going to be doing, you, you're going to see... Um, a little more of the old kingpin, you know, type of stuff coming through now. Um, I, th- I think I think it's gonna, you know, now that we're more established and people understand who we are and what we are, um, you know, I think it's I think it's gonna be important and fun to be able to show those different sides because I think I think that's what you know, and just not just in wrestling but in in general when you're thinking of a compelling, interesting character that you might want to invest and watch in it, they should have multiple layers. They should be complex and they should have different sides to them. So uh, it's, it's going to be cool to be able to, to show that different range, you know? Yes, absolutely. And so now you had said that the other guys are doing it. So they get the free biz after Are fans actually buying you drinks at this point at the bar. They do. You know, it's, it's funny. We've done some of the, some of the meet and greets and, um, I mean, the fans will just walk by, you know, walk by and like hand us beers. And I think, oh, where the hell were we? I think we were up, up in like uh, Seattle or something. And, and at one point, we, you know, we had like three beers sitting on the table. And we're just like, I mean, I get like it's our characters and stuff like that. But like, hey, we, we actually got to go wrestle. <laughs> you know, I can't be I can't be pounding three, four beers <laughs> before I go wrestle. You know, I um you know, it, it's it's funny that yeah, people just want to have a beer with us, and I think that's so cool. I think that's, uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm really appreciative of that. You know, it's, it's funny, you know, because you know, I think people lose sight of the fact that we actually do have to go wrestle. But it's also pretty cool. I mean, somebody, you know, want, I mean, they're there to see you wrestle, and then they're buying you a beer, and they just want to drink it with you. And I think that's, uh, I think that's so cool. I think that's been the the most fun part of this is that connection with the fans and. Um, you know, and, and, and feeling that connection. I mean, especially I think about, um, you know, New York and, and Hammerstein ballroom and, um, you know, the, the receptions that we've gotten there. Um, crazy. I mean, crazy. I mean, coming to Lowell, I definitely would expect a nice, a nice homecoming welcome, you know, but to go into like New York and Philly, which are very two very tough, you know, historically tough wrestling markets and to connect with the fans the way we have there is, um, you know, that's when you start to know, like, hey, this is this is starting to work. People are starting to dig this because those towns are, those towns are tough. But if you win them oh. over and they love you, they they really love you. Now you've wrestled in probably two of the most historic buildings in New York, with the Hammerstein and MSG. Yeah, I mean, imagine that. I wrestled in Madison Square Garden. It still doesn't feel real. Um, you know, all these all these months later. Um, How close can you come to describing the feeling of walking through the curtain at Madison Square Garden? 
you know, it was it was incredible. And I, you know, weirdly enough, I think I think when I first entered the building and then made my way to the arena floor before the show, I think I was more nervous then. Um, you know, and then and then when I kind of got the rundown of what I was doing in the rumble, then I really got <laughs> got nervous. But um, in those yeah. moments, you know, going right through the before you go right through the curtain. At some point, it just becomes whether it's you know a building like Madison Square Garden and seventeen thousand people, or it's you know an independent show with two hundred and fifty people. At some point, it just becomes wrestling in an eighteen by eighteen ring and performing. And um, you know, thankfully, I was able to get my um, you know my nerves and under control and, and go do what I had to do. And then when I got back, you know, I needed a I went had a kind of a, just a private self reflection moment to myself, and um, you know, but. Uh, it was really, I mean, it was, it's, it's unbelievable. I think, I think, you know, and, and I mean, how bizarre, how bizarre is life? I mean, I went toe to toe with, with Jushin Thunder Liger in yeah. the middle of Madison Square Garden, you know, like, uh, it, crazy. That was his first time in MSG too, wasn't it? Yeah. So I, I, I made my Madison Square Garden debut with him. I mean, I mean. That's real life, and that, and and that's when I think about that, I'm just like, here's a guy who I watch wrestle, you know, on TV as a kid, and then here I am in the center of Madison Square Garden with all eyes on us, by the way. That we were the, you know, the a feat that was a featured spot in the match, and all eyes were on us at that moment, and um, I mean, it's indescribable. It's it's you know, for when you think about. You know, you, oh, you live your dreams or whatever, but that's literal one for one dream. Like that is a dream I had as a kid to wrestle in Madison Square Garden, and I and I did it. Like it's, right. um, you know, it's not just like you know, sort of living your. When I think about you know, oh, my dream was to be a pro wrestler, and I did it, and I did you know, wrestling in on the Indies and stuff, which is still pretty awesome. I, mean, I, I was you know, I was I was happy just to be able to do that, but to have that literal one for one dream of like I want to wrestle in Madison Square Garden, and I am wrestling in Madison Square Garden. It's mind-blowing. Well, here's the other side of that, though, and I could be wrong on this. Now, you made your MSG debut versus Jushin Tiger Liger, but I believe Liger made his Madison Square Garden debut against you. <laughs> Crazy, right? <laughs> but he Because he never worked for WWE, did he? Just uh, for the NXT brand a couple of years ago, um, but no, he he always wrestled for WCW, and I mean that's the other thing too is when you think about um, you know when you think about the fact that WWE had the stronghold on that building for I mean Lord knows how many years I forget how many years it had been since another company had run Madison Square Garden, but just to be a small piece of that was just uh, was just un, you know unbelievable. I was like a kid in a candy store. I, I you know, before the show, um, I was with me and Todd Sinclair, or, or I, I told Todd Sinclair, like, hey, I, I'm going to find the hall. There's, like, the famous video of, like, Hogan where he does the cross and he takes the corner and he heads towards the, the entrance. So uh, I thought I discovered it and I thought I discovered the right hallway. But then after further inspection, watching the video with Todd, we figured we found out we realized it was a different hallway and that it was a staged shot. And uh, But, I mean, for me, like, that, I mean, literally to walk the halls of – um, the same halls in the path that my heroes walked. Uh, it like it's like gives you. I got goosebumps thinking about it right now. It, Todd Sinclair actually told that story this week on the wrestling podcast about nothing. <laughs> yeah, he did. What well, I think he told it just to just to say how he had to correct me. Yes, <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, but that's what it sounded like. Yeah. But that's, that's, you know, now, 
tell us a little about that because I you corrected me at one point on that. I was always under the assumption because you are Brawlum alone. It's like you're not one of these nerdy guys who are in the corner reading comic books and there's nothing against any of them. That's just not it's not what you seem like. That's me. How did it, um how did uh, Mike approach you when he said he wanted to do this podcast? Well, it's funny. I actually I actually approached him. Um, so I had a couple of friends who, and they, they don't do it anymore, BDA Radio, they wanted to start, which was a, like a podcasting thing. They, and, they, and their whole idea was for me to do like the Brian Malonis show, which I was just like, that just sounds terrible. <laughs> that sounds like nobody wants to listen to that. Like, you know, me drone on for an hour or whatever, even if I'm just interviewing somebody. Um, so I knew I needed, I knew, I, I knew I needed somebody to rein me in and to lead the show. So I reached out to Mike and Mike was doing editing and stuff like that. So he thought I was actually just reaching out to him to like produce the show or like, you know, or like edit the show. And I was like, no, no, no. I want you to be my co-host. <laughs> like I can't, I can't do this alone. And I, I think we would be great together. Me and Mike have a nat. I mean, you, what you hear on the show is, is really what it's like, uh, you know, you know, what you hear on the wrestling podcast about nothing is really the way we are in real life. There's a lot of banter back and forth and, um, calling each other out and you would if you heard us talk you would think like we're not very good friends at all uh you know but um so i knew you know we because of that and because of our relationship and because of our friendship like this would play well um this would play well on camera so to speak even though it's an audio podcast but i i knew knew our banter would play would play well and um i think we got something pretty good you know it's i mean you guys know the, the the struggle with everybody having a podcast these days and yeah, like yeah, we stopped for a bunch of years because we started this back in like '05, and we, me and Joe, with the Irish Whip Internet Radio, and we stopped for a bunch of years because of it. Yeah, I mean, it's and then yeah, I mean, look, even even Cole Cabana's getting out of the game now. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, that's kind of sad because he was the first real like uh, the first wrestler to make a name doing a podcast. Yeah, I mean he's, I mean, I, you know, one of the one of the I think it was Matt Jackson, um, talked about like Colt Cabana being the first guy that was like an indie wrestler who was like showing everybody that you could make a living at it because he was doing the things like the podcast and selling merch and, um, you know, Colt's a guy who I'm very happy to have gotten known a little bit over the last couple of years and, uh, I mean, <clears throat> truthfully, just as a fan, like I was, you know, especially now that he's done. <laughs> I was just happy to uh, be a guest and, and get on the art of wrestling, um, you know, a couple months ago. So I thought that was that was really cool. I definitely geeked out for that. Yeah, that is cool. That's um, that's definitely another one of those bucket list things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of you know. It's it's funny. I feel like every few months I'm kind of saying, you know, this is like the next, you know, the new biggest match of my career. Or, um, <laughs> you know, to do to do so many cool things and. Um, it's wild, man, and, and 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 you know who knows what the future holds. And um, what's left on kind of your Ring of Honor bucket list? Like, do you want to stay at the tag team and go for the tag team champions? Do you ever see yourself going and going on your own and going for you know one of the world heavyweight titles or something like that, or is it going to be strictly tag teams? I mean, uh, that hasn't even crossed my mind. I mean, I think I'm uh, was just so focused on on the tag team now, making this work and. 
um, you know, I really, you know, I really truly believe that that we are going to be world tag team champions sooner rather than later. Um, and I, I believe we have become a, a, a very vital, you know, vital and important piece of Ring of Honor. Um, I, and that's a really cool feeling. Um, you know, when, when they put us, me and Bruiser together, it was literally, uh, hey, we're putting you together. We're going to try this for a couple months. Uh, if it doesn't work, then we're going to pull the plug pretty quick, you know. So um, to be sitting here, you know, approaching two years later um, and we're going stronger than ever. Uh, and we're on the way up. It, it's a pretty cool feeling because, you know, we weren't something that they had, I would say, really high hopes for. They just, you know, they put us together to be with Silas and we could be a trio because they had the six-man tag titles. And, um, you know, uh, but it wasn't like something like, hey, these guys are going to come in and be like a main event tag team. Um, and it took us a while to get rolling and find our find our group. But now I look at it and I was like, yeah, I think I think we're right there. I think we're right on the cusp of being a main event tag team. We're on the cusp of being there with the Briscoes and G.O.D. and, and you know, PCO and, and Brody King and Lifeblood. And, um, you know, I, th- I think we're right there. And, and I think the crowd reactions to us prove that. So I'm really proud. You know, I'm really, really proud of that and just truly humbled and excited for, you know, what, what's to come. Because I think, I think lots of good things are to come. How scary is it to be across the ring? I don't know if you have yet or not from PCO. I have, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, um, you know, it, it's, it's funny. You know, it's, he's insane. He's absolutely insane. Like, but in all like the best ways possible. Um, you know, it, it, there's a group of us now that just, you know, find Carl after his matches and <laughs> go make sure he's okay. Um, <laughs> You know, because he just takes these crazy, you know, takes I mean, these crazy bumps. Not that you're a, you know, you know, not that you're a rookie. You've been around for a while, but I mean, he's been around since I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, I think about his run in WWE was like 1993. It started. Um, so it's yeah, it's 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 really crazy. I was in a tag match. It was it was uh. Uh, it was part of Tag Wars in Texas, and you know one of the teams was PCO and Brody King. The other team was Kenny King and and MVP. And I and uh, it's funny. I said to Bruiser, I'm like, it's 2019, and we're in a tag team match with Jean Pierre Lafitte and MVP. Like what? Like this? It felt. I, I made the joke. Like you ever have like a weird dream, and you're just you know. I feel like you. That would be like a weird dream. Like man, you know, I had this dream, and I was in Texas. And like I wrestled, you know, Jean Pierre Lafitte and and MVP, and it like it was like now though, <laughs> like and, but that actually happened. That's real life in pro wrestling in 2019. Dreams come true. That's yeah, man. It's cool. It's cool stuff. It's uh, I enjoyed wrestling MVP as well. Like he was he was a real real cool guy. But PCO is is the man. He's insane, and to be doing the stuff he's doing at his age, I'm I'm so happy he's had like this career renaissance because he's at an age where like. Guys are retiring or retired already, and right. he's having you know he's having a, a second run on on top of the business, which is insane. Now, do you still outside of like the shows that you're on? Because I know you travel a lot for some of the independent shows, but do you still follow the independents the way you did before? I can't, you know, I can't say that I do. It's funny. I, I every time, I, every so often, I look at results of even like a chaotic wrestling, and I'll look at results, and I'm just like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> I just, you know, I just, and when you're, you know, when you're in, in working, you know, I think of all working beyond 
I think I think when I was working for Beyond regularly, that was I mean, really, and uh, you know, had my finger on the pulse of like who was hot in indie wrestling and and who different guys were. And now it's it's just it's really tough to keep up with to be to be honest with you. Now this coming Sunday, August fourth, you'll be at Fenway Park, right? I will, I will, and kind of locking horns with an old rival, an old friend. Um, you know, really excited about that when I saw that match. Uh, you know, when you get to the points of the career of our careers that me and that me and Ortiz are at, um, you know, you don't know when the last time is you're going to lock up with somebody. So I don't take that, um, you know, I don't take that for granted. That hey, this could be the last time that me and you know, me and Ortiz wrestle each other. Um, so, uh, you know, if you've ever seen us wrestle before, you know what we bring to the table. If you haven't, uh, I can assure you that uh, Fenway Park may not be left standing when we're done. No, I, I would say not. The two of you guys are, you, two of you guys are fun to watch because you're hard hitting, legitimately just gonna go out there and beat each other up. <laughs> yeah you know it's funny the the closer t- it's, it's wrestling is real funny the closer you are with somebody you know, usually the sore you are after matches because you know that they're your friend and they're going to forgive you afterwards <laughs> i know you've done fenway a few times what's that what's that mean to you because i know even though me and you are going to disagree on football i know we agree on baseball yeah yeah no it's it, i mean it's really cool um when i think especially when i think about um uh, you know, going to Fenway Park as a kid, and um, but yeah, being able to go there and, and wrestle, and um, I mean, I never would have thought I'd, I'd wrestle at Fenway Park. Like it's, uh, it's so cool, and and definitely, you know, appreciative of what Bo, uh, Bo Douglas and um, Dante Luna have been able to do with uh, making that an annual event and giving so many guys opportunities to go. To go do something, you know, pretty cool. I mean, especially for if you're somebody who grew up in this area watching the Boston Red Sox, uh, that's that's so cool to be able to do. So I, I you know, I, I think what what Bo and Dante are doing is just um, is just tremendous and um, really cool. You know, I mean, Don, Dante is just a tireless worker, man. Like I see all the stuff. I follow him on social media, and I tell you, know, we chat every once in a while. But just to see everything he's doing, he's always all over the place, and he's just always hustling, doing something, man. Like Literally that dude is like, yeah, Puerto Rico last week, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and Bo, you know, weirdly enough, Bo, I've actually known since uh, since before I got into wrestling. I I had a buddy who who wrestled when we were in high school, um, and I met Bo when I was like fifteen or sixteen years old. So, of anybody in wrestling, I've I've probably known Bo the longest. I've known Bo for over twenty years at this point. That's so, um, yeah, it, it's weird, you know. So Bo is literally somebody who I went to see wrestle when I was a kid, <laughs> and yeah, now so, we're great friends, and I share locker rooms with him. So, uh, yeah. Now, did you watch a lot of independent as a kid? Did you I, you know, I, independent I really did. No, I mean, I, I became aware of, um, you know, I became aware of independent wrestling. Um, there was a couple shows in like my the city I grew up in, Manchester, New Hampshire. It was like the, they're always headlined by like uh, Outlaw Jim Cody, who ultimately became one of my trainers, Duke Stalton, and and Steve Bradley. Um, so that's when I became, and I really became more aware of independent wrestling when my buddy jumped into it. But before that, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even know it existed. You know, I knew of you know the the major organizations only. So it wasn't. I mean, growing up in New Hampshire, it wasn't something that was like it was like a hotbed sort of thing in in New Hampshire. So there was no even real. Like I said, they when I was probably like junior high, you know, ish somewhere around there is when I started to notice shows in our area. And I don't, I don't think there was like a whole bunch before that. 
Yeah, see, I used to, it was like a hidden thing that I was a wrestling fan growing up. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, so before the Same Attitude here. Era, it was like, it had to be yeah. like, see, you know, like, you didn't tell a lot of people you were a wrestling fan, because, you know, you'd be labeled like a loser. And then everybody, you know, then the Attitude Era came, and it was like, cool for everybody. I'm just like, where the hell have you guys been the last, like, you know, <laughs> however many years? I used to watch, like, I had cable access in Boston, so I was able to watch Tony Rumble shows, but I had never gone to one, even though they were two towns away. Is that like ICCW or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, and those, I mean, uh, some of those shows, like, yeah, I saw Taz, I know I saw Sabu, like, I remember seeing those two, and that was before they were on ECW TV, but those two stuck in my head, but I also remembered seeing Jason Rage, I remembered <laughs> Bo. So it's like it's cool to like now, you know. Bo's like, I consider Bo a pretty good friend at this point. And yeah, I mean, that haven't watched him and. Yeah, I remember going to those. You know, I went like I said once my buddy started. I went to a lot of um, the Tony Rumble shows at like Good Times and and I forget some of the other venues that I that I went to see. But um, you know, and then Kowalski would still run like a sporadic show. So I remember going to a few of those and. Um, you know, it's 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 crazy now, and I think of how many guys I saw at that point that have now either become my friends or I wrestled, or um, so it all it all comes full circle at some point. No. Speaking of full circle, uh, I just sent an email to Yingling Bear. So, all right, we'll see what happens, we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> Let's make it happen. To, I was trying to figure out what Joe was doing with his hands. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I was emailing. Sure. Now we're going to take one more break, guys. We'll be right back with Brawler Malonis. All right, guys, we're back. We're still hanging out with Brawler Malonis. Brian, thank you for giving us so much time tonight. I really appreciate the. This is round two for people who don't know. The first one got lost. That will be the Irish Whip Lost episode. The but... Lost episode. It's like it's guys... WPAN's Tommaso Ciampa Lost episode. Yeah, but you have a real, a very cool reason for yours to be lost. Mine just fucking didn't record. <laughs> <laughs> tomato, tomato. You know. <laughs> you, so WWE didn't WWE put the Knicks on that one? Yeah, I mean, so we, uh, you know, we did the full interview, and then, and then, you know, Tommaso was okay with it, and they, and they kind of give him the okay, but then we went really into depth on things. So he's like, "Hey, you know what? Let me just, let me just run it by him one more time, just to let him know what we did, and just to be, you know, which I, you know, I totally got. Like, you don't want yeah. to. I mean, he's just getting a job. It's just at the very beginning. So, and he said, "Yeah, you can't use it." He's like, "They, they don't want like guys going on telling their whole life story." So we were able to. You know, uh, he talked about the Cruiserweight Classic, so we were able to release that piece. And then we were able to release another part, um, you know, fairly recently, talking the part where he uh, we talked about his dad beat his dad assaulting me, you know, during a show. Uh, so there was some good stuff. But, you know, um, there's some stuff on there that, you know, hey, maybe someday it'll be cool to release, you know, but not, not right now while both of us are still very much active uh, pro wrestlers with, uh, with large companies. Now, I know for us to get you on the show, we had to go through ROH. How much did you have to jump through hoops to get approval, or do you have to run stuff by them before you talk about it on WPAN? No, I mean, so they, you know, they, they're cool with, um, with, with the WPAN. 
Um, but, but, you know, but definitely, uh, you know, with, you know, being under contract, there's going to be certain things as far as, you know, media appearances and things like that. And, and it's not like they're going to prevent me from doing anything. I think it's just more they want to be able to um, know what we're doing and, and promote it. You know, I, I think they're, um, you know, they're, they're just protecting their, their asset and, and their, and their brand. And I, you know, I think that's great. I think it's great that they look out for us and, yeah. um, you know, and those types of things. So it's definitely not like a situation where they are, you know, they're, they're they just want to be aware of what we're doing. And I, and I can yeah. appreciate that altogether. And then they, I mean, I, I yeah, man, that's- and, and, I, and I don't want to say his name on air. Cause I don't know if he wants to be publicly outed as the PR guy for ring of honor, but he takes such good care of all of us. And he works, I mean, the guy works tirelessly, yeah, uh, I, to, to get I opportunities for everybody. So, um, he replied you know, to me with the times you were available within about five minutes of me sending the first email. Yeah, I mean he's, I mean so. he's, he's fantastic. He, I can't say enough good things about him, and um, you know they take they took really good care. I, I mean, and this is going to sound like me shilling for the company, and maybe it is to an extent, but it, but all of it's true. And when I say that, Ring of Honor as a whole takes takes great care of us. Um, you know, um, they they take tremendous care of us, and whether it be you know from covering ex, you know a lot of the expenses for the road, and um, you know obviously just being under contract and wrestling for them. But um, you know, I, I know there's a lot of you know everybody seems to have negativity around Ring of Honor because the guys from the elite left or whatever. Maybe you know, or you know, it's, it seems to be the popular sentiment, but. Um, it's like it's still a, it's still an international professional wrestling company. You know what? You know I'll, I'll say this. Um, you know the, I looked around the locker room. Left. You know everybody, everybody's kind of writing the death now. Which I look around and you look at all the guys that have left Ring of Honor before, and the company is still standing, and continues to grow. So, um, you know I'm not worried about it. But I looked around the locker room and I still saw Jay Lethal, and I still saw uh, you know Jay and Mark Briscoe. And I was like, yeah, we're going to be just fine. We're going to be just freaking fine. Um, you know, to me, again, Jay Lethal, the best professional wrestler on the face of the planet. The Briscoe is the best tag team on the face of the planet. So, um, you know, if those guys are on your team, you're going to be all right. Now, do you know what I learned from listening to WPAN? What's that? And I hope I don't get you in trouble for saying this, and I would never do this. <laughs> you know that. But I learned how to get into ROH shows for free. Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm gonna go to Will Call and say I'm Crockett. <laughs> it's like it's like you know what it's become. You ever seen the movie Talladega Nights? Yeah, you know where Ricky Bobby leaves a ticket at every show for his dad who never who never shows up. That's gonna that's me and Crockett. I leave a ticket at every show for Crockett, hoping that one day he'll actually come support me. I think I think that like but that banter between you two, especially about that when you're coming into the area. And he had a valid excuse this time around. It was his son's first birthday. But uh, this this just, time around. I think that banter is always hysterical. I was thinking this morning about like how can I bring up WPN and I'm like, Oh, I can bring up the fact that Crockett never goes to ROH shows. And then I said, Oh wait, I know how to get into ROH shows now. Yeah, but he's now, you know, he, he doesn't even watch my matches on TV, by the way. But he doesn't. You also get a guy that hosts a wrestling podcast that doesn't have the WWE network. <laughs> well, go go figure that. But now, Brian, where can people find you? And like your, I love the bear, 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 more bear shirt, and I promise you, I am buying that shirt. <laughs> awesome! Where can yeah, people get that stuff. 
Yeah, so I mean, I got BrianMalonis.com. That's my that's my pro wrestling tea store. I just figured, hey, what the hell? I'll make it easy for everybody, rather than having to do backslashes and all that stuff. Just go to BrianMalonis.com. Check it out. Lots of great T-shirts there. The beer, beer, beer one. Uh, one that I think super underrated is our WPAN shirt, the Curtain Jerker uh, T-shirt. I think I think is a cool shirt Mike designed. So lots of cool stuff up there. And also, you know, you can check out the WPAN.com, uh, which has links to uh, our weekly podcast and all our archives and uh, also a link to my store as well, so you can you can you can get to my store in the through the back door as well through the WPAN.com. I only you're literally, other than this, your podcast is really. There's a handful of others I'll listen to from time to time, but you're the only one I listen to weekly. Thank you, I appreciate that. We have a good time doing it, and uh, I love. You know, we're going on like three years now, which is mind blowing. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and, and hopefully, you know, it's one of those things. Like, I don't, I don't want to say, you know, like I'll always be able to do it. You know, you know, I hope I'll be able to do it for a long, long time. But you never know where this crazy journey in wrestling uh, takes you. But uh, I, have, I have a blast doing it, and hopefully, we'll be doing it for uh, for a long time to come. Now, what else? Uh, social media or is it all problem? It's, uh, Twitter's what at Brian Malonis. Yeah, it's at, at Brian Malonis, um, you know, and then on, on uh, Instagram, um, Brian Malonis ROH. So I didn't switch over anything to Brawler Malonis because, you know, you never know. And you know, I don't want to lose my I don't want to lose my Twitter handle. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's now. What are you most active on? Uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, yeah. You know, I'm pretty active on Facebook, too. I'm really, you know, I mean, if you just search Brian Malonis or Brawler Malonis, you'll find me on there. Um, you know, on, on Facebook and Twitter, I try I try to be as active as possible. I'm probably not as active as I as I should be, but uh, you know, we're we're working on it. And and now that it's football season's coming, I'm sure there'll be plenty of football rants on there. I there is a a pro wrestling podcast, wrestling uh, wrestling pro wrestling whatever podcast fantasy football league starting up. Do you want me to tag you in that? Sure. Money. It's a $25 league, and will you please, because it's me and Josh, who's also a Steelers fan, so can you promise me you'll draft as many Steelers as possible so <laughs> me and him don't have to? You know, you know the funny you know, the funny thing is, is I, I tend to, it probably clouds my judgment, because I think in the past it's, it's, it's probably cost me championships, but I tend to, I'm not one of these like fans that where I'm a super homer, I tend to do the opposite, because it, I feel like it always clouds my judgment, and there was a year, you know, a couple of years ago, I had the number one pick and didn't select Antonio Brown number one overall, so, um, yeah, because I just didn't, you know, it was like, uh, do I want to just take him number one because I'm a Steelers fan and I'm a homer? Like, it messes with my mind, so it's, uh, you know, it works, it works, I actually tend to stay away from Steelers. And your Twitter during that, and your Facebook during football season is awesome, because you hate all of us. <laughs> Yeah, I just you know Patriots fan in the world during the whole football season, and it's great to watch. You know, it's funny recently, and I will so did a little small little dip into my personal life. Uh, I was contacted by the Craft Group um, for about a job opportunity, which I did not even entertain because I live in New Hampshire and they're in Foxborough. But uh, it was to work like um, like their their one of their departments, their internal departments there. 
so not directly working for the Patriots, but all I could think about was like, yeah, I'd, I'd go in, I'd apply for this job, then they do the background check and see my Twitter and Facebook just absolutely <laughs> thrashing the Patriots organization. <laughs> that that would be kind of funny to get their reaction from, though. <laughs> did you say this, 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 and this? Yeah, I certainly did. <laughs> you should apply. You should apply for the job just to have that happen. <laughs> but you, know, the, you know, the first thing I did after Tom Brady joined Twitter is I blocked him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I thought, you know, I did it for, obviously for a funny story, but also you're because, one of the few people that can. <laughs> well, you know, some of these, you know, all these, all you jabronis out there who just retweet everything he tweets. So I was like, I can't take this. I got to just block him so I don't have to see this crap. <laughs> like with you, and you said that like. If they ever asked you if you said that, you'd be like, "Yes, that's the one thing I've all like." Not the one thing, but that's the probably the thing I've always respected about you the most is you will tell people how you feel and what's on your mind. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just, I just I'd rather I'd rather talk about a hard truth than a than a than a you know a happy lie. You know what I mean? Like it's just life's too short for that. You know that 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 game that everybody seems to like to play. I'm not I'm not much of a politician. That's probably because I. You know, um, I'm not much of a bullshitter. <laughs> I mean, in you, you today's be... day and age, there are too many people that are kissing ass every now and then. You need to kick it. Yeah, I, ju- I just think it's one of those things. Like, I'd, you know, I'd rather have I'd rather have a difficult conversation, or um, you know, with with me, it's real simple to to know if I if I like you or not. If I invest any sort of time talking with you or hanging out with you, then odds are I like you. If 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 I don't. Then odds are I probably want nothing to do with you. So BJP, uh, you have validation now. He does like you. <laughs> I've always gotten along with bro. Yeah, like every we've been time friends I for years. Oh, <laughs> a, a handshake and usually some kind of joke, a little laugh here and there. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, yeah, and you meet, you know, it's funny. You've you've been you've been a guy, JP. You've been around for a long time, and um, you know, uh, and and you see so many knuckleheads that and hanger-ons that hang around and they just act like jackasses and you've always been somebody that you're always helpful and a good dude and fun to talk with and you know there's so much negativity in wrestling that that when you meet positive people at least for me um when i meet positive people in wrestling i really gravitate towards them because there's just so much negativity you're making his head even bigger than it is (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know what better way to end the show than on something like that but the sentiment is a hundred percent the same. Like you've always been just a good dude, and someone at the shows who, like, I've witnessed when the promoter says, "Hey, I need this," you're like, "Yes, me, I got you." Yeah, I mean, because I mean, it's it's one of those things, and I think it's because my trainer Mike Hollow and and the way he taught us, and it, it's one of those things. So whether you're somebody that's a weekend warrior, you know, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like this is just something you do on the weekends, and or, or something you want to try to. Career, I still believe you should treat it with the same respect, and and that was instilled in me by my trainer Mike Hollow was, cliche, but you bring your face with you. It's like you're going to work. You know, you conduct yourself in a in a positive and professional manner, and you conduct it no different than if you're going to a nine to five job, and and treat it with respect. And um, I think if more people did that, then I I think it would be a better place. So, because um, I, I do take it. Not fun, uh, but I take it serious. I love. It. I want to see it grow, and I want to see it get better. Uh, and and I, you know, sometimes I think there's just a lack of. And you know, people can think like, oh, there's 
wrestling etiquette thing. It's like if you just conduct yourself good and decent human being, if you're think of others and and just do the things that you would do in in normal everyday life, you'll never have a problem in your entire in your entire career. It's very true, and that's part of wrestling etiquette. It's not wrestling etiquette. It's kind of normal etiquette. Yeah, exactly. There's no such thing as wrestling etiquette. It's just de- be, a, be a decent human being, you know. And, and I know people make a bit like handshakes and things like that. But, I mean, if you were going into a business or something, I mean, you, you would say hi to people. You, why, why is that even like a – why is it, why do you even have to think about that? Like, why does somebody have to tell you to say hi to people? Like, I don't know. It's, it's weird to me. Just conduct yourself as a decent human being, and you'll be all right. Uh, yeah, don't ignore that little guy in the corner just because he's that little guy in the corner. He has a job as well. Yeah, exactly. And you know that, and it, they're when especially when you're working for a company that like produces TV and things like that. Um, the cameramen and the production crew are just so underappreciated, um, and and they're 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 way more important. Like wrestlers, you know, there's a lot of wrestlers out there, man. Like there's a thousand guys willing to take my spot every day, but there's not a lot of guys that can do what like the production crew and I and I think the 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 production crew at Ring of Honor is is top notch and you know, I know me and Bruiser especially with our entrances, we work very closely with with the camera guys and they help us so much. I, I've learned so freaking much from 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 these guys as far as like how the how to shoot something, how to make it look good on TV, um, you know, the, they're just a wealth of knowledge, and not a lot of people take the time to actually sit and learn and, and discuss these things and understand them. Or, uh, <clears throat> you know, recently got to do a lot of work with Dave Lagana. Uh, you know, NWA just part of ways with Ring of Honor, but you know, me and Bruiser did a lot with Dave Lagana, and uh, Jesus, I felt like I was sitting under the learning tree every time that uh, we worked with him because he would take the time to set up the shot and explain, you know, explain like why he was shooting it. And then he would like put you behind the camera and then he would walk through it, you know, to show what he was looking for. So it's just like, I mean, those little things, those are just such valuable little lessons. And when you, when you think of like somebody like him or just like, you know, somebody like the, the, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, know, I don't like the same cause I don't know if they want to be known, you know, some of the production no, guys, but it's not, it's not because I don't respect them. And I, and, you know, cause they're awesome. And, and, uh, uh, I just yeah, think there's so much you can pick up and learn from those guys. You know, they're, they're, Ring of Honor is not going to have trouble replacing me. You know what I mean? But they're gonna, they, they'd have trouble replacing you know the production crew and the camera guys. You're pretty humble there, because I, I mean, you've like you said, you've become a piece of the company at this point. So I, I don't think you'd be easy to replace. I'm just saying. I mean, I, I'm just saying. Like, there's a lot of wrestlers out there, but these guys are just every bit as talented as as any of us in the ring, and uh, they don't get enough credit. So, you know, big shout out to, um, you know, to those guys and anybody who doesn't think that they have to go and show appreciation to production people and the guys that put up the ring and the cameramen and and all. Like, you're a knucklehead and probably don't belong in the business. Like, no. just you know, being blunt. Maybe we can get some of those guys on the show and talk about it. Hey, you know they're also damn humble. I don't even know if they want to, but I would love to hear. Well, even you know, just, I'd love to hear from those I guys. think that would be interesting because I'm sure I'm not the only yeah. one that would be interested in how that gets put together. Yeah, it's a different. It's definitely a different take. Now, Brian, what do you got for dates? Where can people go to see you? I know where they can buy your shirts and find you online. Where can people go see you wrestle now? See you beat yeah, someone I, up. Yeah, I got a I got a lot coming up. I mean, we mentioned Fenway Park. This. uh 
you know, this Sunday in, in, in Boston against Demon Ortiz for Bell Time Club. So pretty excited about that. Uh, go to Toronto for Summer Supercard on, on August 9th for Ring of Honor. Uh, that'll be cool. It's up in Toronto, and that'll be streaming live on Honor Club. Uh, heading back to Wisconsin for Bruce City Wrestling on August 16th. And then uh, in the New England area, I'm back on August 17th for uh, Atlantic Pro Wrestling, doing a special, uh, special meet and greet there. They'll have a Q&A for the fans, so I'm sure we'll tell a few road stories that I can't even tell on the podcast, uh, you know, because I don't want it recorded. Uh, but that'll be fun. But then, uh, <laughs> then you know, finishing off the month, got some crazy stuff coming up. Got UFO Wrestling on 823 in Malden, Mass., and then going to Atlanta for Ring of Honor on 824 in Nashville on 825, and then a crazy month. And then, uh, you know, then I finish off the month that proved August. That's really cool about you. Like, yo, I mean, you're an ROH contracted talent. And Proving Ground, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that's mostly like up-and-comers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a lot of guys who are just starting to cut their teeth. And, um, you know, um, Derek Simonetti, you know, I think is the owner and proprietor. I don't know, you know, I don't know what he, what people know or, or his real name. So I won't out his real name or whatever, right. but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's somebody who I have a real good relationship with and, and, uh, you know, he asked me if I'd be willing to come in and I said, yeah, hell yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not a saint. I don't do this stuff for free. Um, so, you know, let's, what? let's hold off on the bronze statue quite uh, you know, but it's it's fun to do. It's still fun for me to go do these companies and wrestle. Uh, I'm wrestling a younger guy, you know, bigger guy. Um, you know, um, so it's 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 cool to to be able to get out there and wrestle young talent and um, still be able to give back because I I remember what it was like to be you know in the locker room trying to learn from experienced guys. So if I can give anything back you know, at all and offer something of value to a company or, or to a young guy, then, uh, you know, I'm happy to do it because everybody, you know, not just wrestling, but, you know, we're talking about wrestling here. You should strive to leave it better than you found it. And if I can leave everything a little better than I found it, then, then I think at the end of the day, I'm a success. I'm going to shout this out. I'm not literally going to shout. Don't worry with your headphones on. <laughs> but like everybody on that show talk to Brian before your match and Brian I hope to God you have to watch that entire show because everybody on that card asked you to watch their match and critique it and if he gives you some criticism take it as, construct as constructive criticism and work on it that's how you're all going to get better yeah, I mean, I, I truthfully, every show I'm on, I try to, I try to watch the whole thing. I, but I'm also not a guy. I'm never gonna force my opinions or thoughts on people. I'm never going to, you know, maybe it's a wrong way to do it. But I'm never gonna like, you know, I'm never gonna, you know, seek somebody out if they seek me out and I watch their match. I'm always happy to, to give my thoughts. But I'm definitely not gonna be one of these guys of like. Oh, you, you should you should listen to me because of X, Y, and Z. It's just like, hey, if people want to listen to me, that's great. If they don't, that that's okay too. No hard feelings. But if they all went to you, you'd absolutely give your honest opinion and give them some feedback on what to work on or what they did right. Hell yeah, yeah, absolutely, I would. I think it's you know, I think I think it's one of those things that it's I feel like it's a duty, you know, of the guys. If, if you've been around and um, you know, you can pass some pass something along, then then you should if, if given the opportunity. Brian, thank you. I, I appreciate your time tonight. Like I said, this was a take two. Um, I do honestly appreciate it. Uh, I'm not going to take up any more of your time. We've been going for, shoot, an hour and 20 minutes or so at this point. 
<laughs> well, it's all it's always fun and you know hey you know maybe we'll do part three sometime uh you know uh, hopefully lots of big things to come in and uh you know, hopefully hopefully there'll be lots to talk about coming up <laughs> well maybe it's well i'll be at fenway and joe has some more recording yeah i should be there as well and i'll bring the equipment maybe we could do something in the field Sure, yeah, whatever you guys want to do. I'm always, uh, I got the gift to gab, boys, so I'm always up to, to talk. And if we're going to awesome. record it, even better. <laughs> Get you mic'd up during a match. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> That's a little. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Joe? Thank you. See you next Tuesday.